Hello, and welcome to the Aligned Inside podcast. I'm your host, Erin Maryhew, and I'm here to help you experience new levels of well-being, fulfillment, connection, and joy, all by unlocking the inner freedom to embody the truth of who you are. I want to explore with you how incredibly powerful it is to align your energy and listen to your intuition, and I hope I can demystify, normalize, and help you embrace all the dimensions of your humanness along the way. I'm so honored you're here, and I'm excited to be on this beautiful, ever-evolving journey with you toward a life that feels truly aligned inside. Here we go. Hello, my friends. It's so good to be back. You know, it's funny. People in my life who have been listening to the podcast have been giving me such beautiful reflections. And alongside those reflections, people often are asking me questions like, are you ever worried about running out of content? Like, it seems like every week you, you know, you have these great topics. Like, are you worried that you're going to run out of ideas? Or, you know, how is kind of the the workload of like adding this, you know, this into your life? And do you find that it takes a long time? And, you know, is it really taxing for you? And at the beginning of starting the podcast, these were some of my fears, you know, like, will I run out of ideas? Will I feel like it's getting redundant? Um, Will it just take tons of energy and effort that's not sustainable for me? And it's so great to be at this point where I now have enough of a rhythm with it to know that not only am I not running out of ideas, but it's like every single time I record an episode, I then get like 25 more ideas just from talking through that episode. And it just feels like each time I'm only scratching the surface. And now every time I have a session, every time I lead a workshop, I'm like, oh, there's you know millions of different ideas just baked into every moment of conversation. So it's just really beautiful to watch all these ideas spring up. And I just have this sense of like, this is going to go for a long time. And that feels really good. And on the energy and effort side of things, uh, I found that there was such a big lift at the beginning of the podcast of kind of learning this medium, figuring out the technology, but mostly like the emotional hurdles of figuring out how to be an intimate conversation without knowing exactly who I was talking to or how it was being received. And that was hyper vulnerable for me. And I am so grateful to say that just through this process and through the the really loving reaches that people have made and the reflections I'm getting, it has completely just melted away all of that insecurity and hyper vulnerability that I was experiencing. And I just really look forward to this. And it's just kind of effortless. I was telling one of my friends, like, it just feels like my coffee date with humanity. I just come and have, you know, have a chat with humanity. So there's a little update on how things are feeling on my end. And I just really hope that that you're really enjoying having these conversations together, even if we're not in the room at the same time. I really do feel like we are in conversation and it's just so cool when people reach out to me and like, we've had an entire conversation, but it only required me, you know, whatever, an hour of recording, but it it just came back to me multiplied, you know, just that kind of engagement and the degree of, of presence that you all are having with what I'm sharing. So it means a lot to me and thank you for listening. 
So the topic that came to me was inspired by a recent workshop I led inside the Aligned Inside membership. And the topic of the workshop was emotional autonomy. So how do we really stay deeply rooted and grounded in our own energy in the presence of other people's different emotional states, other people's perceptions of us, other people's life choices we might not agree with? How do we just really stay with ourselves? And we explored a lot of different layers and angles of this. And one of the ones that's really been sticking with me that was just such a resonant conversation was around how we get in this mode of of really trying to manage other people's uncomfortable feelings. And we were talking about how all of us, when we think of the times when we have been the most emotionally uncomfortable or the most emotionally vulnerable or going through distress, what we all want in those moments is for someone to just be there and allow us to feel exactly how we feel. And yet, when we are in the presence of someone who is in emotional distress, we tend to immediately jump into fixing mode, problem-solving mode, advice-giving, the list goes on, the opposite of giving space for that person to just feel what they feel. So there's this really counterintuitive phenomenon that happens where the exact behaviors that we ourselves would not want to receive are the first behaviors that we just default, automatically, knee-jerk, reach for when we're listening to others. And just making that connection can be helpful in, in kind of allowing us to see how we want to show up differently for the people in our lives. So one of the new beliefs that I offered up as kind of a, a way to sort of ground yourself in a different paradigm around that impulse to manage or fix or solve other people's feelings is the belief that building my tolerance for others' emotional discomfort is a gift to everyone involved. Building my tolerance for others' emotional discomfort is a gift to everyone involved. And one of the participants spoke up and they expressed what, you know, what a kind of aspirational, inspiring phrase that felt like, and they kind of felt that it was true, but that there was a part of them that wasn't really believing it, that was really doubting it. And this is very common with new beliefs and paradigms that we want to move toward. There are parts of us that don't quite trust it. That's why we're not living in it yet. And so this person was asking, you know, what do I do about this sort of part of me that's doubting that, even though I know that that's what I want to move toward? How do I start to trust that building my tolerance for others' emotional discomfort truly is a gift to everyone involved? And my reply was this. My reply was that, look, gifts are not always going to come in the form of something comfortable. Some of the most meaningful gifts, those gems of experiences in my life, have come in the package of a lot of emotional discomfort. And in the moment when I'm going through that, it doesn't seem like a gift. Like this difficult conflict or this really, really vulnerable conversation or this huge misunderstanding that we are now repairing does not feel like a gift. This is not a gift, right? 
But when we look back in hindsight, those things are precious. When I look back at those experiences that in the moment may have been excruciating, that were had me right on my edge, my growth edge, you know, and just really discovering something new about myself and it wasn't easy. Those were actually those moments that in, in hindsight, I look back and I just marvel at the courage and the wisdom that came through and how much I grew and how I became more of who I am in those moments. So the word gift in this phrase doesn't mean I'm going to feel immediately happy when this thing happens. This is going to be really comfortable and lovely, right? Sometimes the biggest gifts in our lives come with the full spectrum of feelings involved. So building our tolerance for other people's emotional discomfort may not feel like it's paying off right away. In fact, we're probably going to experience an uptick in our discomfort because as we build tolerance for seeing others in discomfort, what that requires us to do is to actually feel our own discomfort. When we jump into those fixing behaviors and those rescuing behaviors and those problem-solving behaviors, all we're doing is trying to numb the discomfort that we are experiencing seeing another in discomfort. And the way that we build this skill and this muscle of just being with others is also learning to be with our own uncomfortable feelings. There is an inextricable link between those two skills. My ability to be with the full spectrum of feelings in myself translates immediately and proportionately to my ability to be with somebody else in their full spectrum of feelings. At the beginning of the pandemic, my older sister had her first child. And we don't live in the same place. And even if we had, I think it would have been tough just because of all the sort of safety precautions that were necessary at that time. But I remember having some really like heart-to-heart conversations with her as she entered motherhood in this extremely uncertain, stressful time. And I remember her calling me at one point and talking about her challenge to really kind of be with what her son was going through early in his life. And just seeing him in distress was so dysregulating for her. And I'm not a mother yet, but I can only imagine that as a parent, that's one of the hardest things to see your kid in distress and to not really know how to help them and to watch them work through that. You know, it's, it's like that's hard enough with just any old person we love, let alone a child we brought into the world. And my invitation for her was what if nothing he was feeling was a problem? What if you could look at his experience through this lens that absolutely no feeling he has is a problem? And I didn't know it at the time, but she wrote that down. And she wrote that down on a note for herself. And she looked at that note regularly. And then a year later, she cleaned out her desk or she was moving things around And she found that note again and she reached out to me and she told me how profound that had been for her, how it had completely changed how she showed up for her son when she stopped viewing 
his feelings as problems. And of course, like all of us, she didn't do it perfectly. I don't do it perfectly. None of us do. We all fall into pattern and we, you know, we get dysregulated and stressed and worried. And, and then we remember and we come back to our center. Oh, his feelings aren't a problem to be fixed. Everything shifts energetically when we embody that. That's the gift. People just want space to feel their feelings. That's all they want. They just want to know, I'm not alone in this feeling. This feeling is not bad or wrong. It's natural. And I have someone alongside me who's willing to be with me in it. That's what all of us want in our feelings, whether we know it or not. And when someone comes in with the energy of, oh no, this is a problem, we need to fix it. All that does for us is make us feel as though we are not seen for our experience, that something about our experience is bad or wrong, and that there isn't space for us to be how we are. And that creates a kind of loneliness that really hurts our heart. And I think all of us can relate to that. We can all think of times when that has happened in our lives. And it might be subtle or it might be really, really dramatic, but that loneliness is a place of missed opportunity for connection. It's just a missed opportunity. And when we choose to move our energy in a different direction, instead of going in the direction of problem solving, to just being, receptivity, openness, spaciousness, such an incredibly different thing emerges in the communication. A close friend of mine has a daughter, and when her daughter was about two two years old and change, <laughs> we were spending a lot of time together. We lived in the same neighborhood at that time, and we'd meet up weekly for, for lunches and such. And I remember once we met up, and uh, me and my now husband and her and her daughter were all together, and I think we were playing make-believe I don't remember exactly what. We were just playing around and I was playing with her daughter and I pretended to be really sad about something. And so I kind of fake cried. And her daughter reached out her hand, touched my shoulder, and in her little toddler language said some version of, it's okay to be sad. And it just stopped me in my tracks. I was like, that's it. That's what we're all looking for permission to feel how we feel and of course I like turn to my friend I'm like oh that's amazing and she's like yeah we practice that a lot you know we practice it's okay to feel how you feel so simple but absolutely groundbreaking for so many of us so that little phrase has stayed with me and I borrow it and I use it all the time in my coaching practice and all the time in my personal life Whenever I'm listening to someone in any version of an uncomfortable feeling, my intention is to come into that space energetically holding that it is okay for them to feel how they feel. And not only does this give a gift to the person that I am holding space for, but it takes so much pressure off my shoulders. Because how much energy does it take How much anxiety does it create 
when I'm sitting in the role of thinking that I have to solve someone's feelings. That is a a lot of calorie burn right there. (laughs) That is a lot of work. It's way too much responsibility. It's way too much pressure. And it doesn't even serve the human in front of me. So what would happen in your life if you could meet the humans in your experience with this energy of it's okay for you to feel how you feel? It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel hurt. What would happen if you could meet the people in your experience with that energy? What would happen if you could meet yourself with that energy? Because the two are a mirror image of each other. When we start doing it on the inside, it shows up on the outside. When we start doing it on the outside, we learn to do it on the inside. It's just a big infinity symbol moving back and forth. So what would it look like to turn toward every single feeling you have and to say to that feeling, it's okay that you're here. It's okay that I'm feeling this. I'm asking this in kind of a hypothetical sense for you to imagine, but I already know the incredible breakthroughs that this leads to because I've not only experienced them firsthand and how much deeper emotional intimacy and connection and just meaning emerges in my life, but I see it in my clients and my students all over the place. When they deactivate that fixer button, they can just rest into who they truly are. They're off the hook. We are actually so much better at just being with each other than we are at fixing each other. Like, think about the relationships where you have tried to fix someone's experience or they have tried to fix your experience. How exhausting is that? And how much, like, unnecessary back and forth and miscommunications happen in that dynamic when we take ourselves out of the role of having to fix and problem solve and rescue someone else's feelings we get to just be who we are and that's all any of us really wants it does require us to build the muscle and work the muscle of being with feelings in ourself and in others breathing our way through But circling back to what I said at the beginning, it is a gift. You will create moments of such exquisite beauty in your relationships and life when you start doing this. So I invite you to try that on. Maybe write down that note like my sister did, right? What if feelings aren't problems to be fixed? Who would I be in this moment with myself or with another if feelings were not problems to be fixed? How would I show up? How would I respond? What energetic weight would be lifted? So try that on. See how that feels. And take it from me that while it may be very uncomfortable because not all gifts are comfortable, It will be something you cherish and that you find an incredibly unique new degree 
of connection and meaning and a feeling of, of actually being seen for who you are and seeing others for who they are, the kinds of things that people feel safe telling us when we're not trying to fix them is so precious. The kinds of things that we feel safe sharing with others when they're not trying to fix us or that we feel safe recognizing or acknowledging in ourselves when we are not trying to fix ourselves is so, so valuable. All right, so I'm going to be in this practice too. Let's practice together. Let's make a little space for feelings. Let's see if we can be with the full spectrum. And let's start to notice the gifts. Let's start to notice what meaning and beauty pops up in our life when we start really living from this energy. All right, I will be back with you next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to remind you of a couple things before you go. First, if today's topic resonated with you and you don't already have my feelings and needs list, I think it could be incredibly illuminating and helpful for you. People have told me countless times over the years how revolutionary it was for them to see their feelings on the page in front of them, to realize how limited their vocabulary for feelings had been, and to start broadening their language to really include all the nuances of their inner experience. It's amazing how empowering it can be to be able to put really accurate words to our emotional experiences. This list is a totally free resource and you can get it by going to my website, erinmaryhugh.com, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Also, earlier in this episode, I mentioned my most recent workshop in the Aligned Inside membership where we covered emotional autonomy. If this material sounds like something you're curious about or you feel like it could be supportive for you, I invite you to consider becoming a member. Members get access to a brand new live workshop on the first Wednesday of every month, and when you join, you get access to the replays of the past month's workshops, so you can watch back whatever you've missed and get excited for the workshops coming up. Next month's workshop is called Brave Boundaries and the Beauty of No. I just know it's going to be such an inspiring workshop for all of us, and especially heading into this fall season when life tends to get a little busy And we need that reminder to honor our limits and be willing to disappoint others in order to be well and keep showing up in our lives with capacity. The membership draws such heartfelt, growth-oriented people, and I found it so beautiful to share our journeys together in this way. Plus, you can cancel anytime, so it's a really pressure-free experience that you can feel out and see if it really feels aligned for you. So you can check out the Align Inside membership at erinmaryhugh.com slash membership or the link in the show notes. All right, have a beautiful week and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. It really means a lot. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with people in your life. And if you're loving what you're hearing, I would be so grateful if you gave the show a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss out. I'll be releasing a fresh new episode every week. Speaking of which, I've got some beautiful topics lined up, but I'd love to know what you are curious to hear me explore. 
check the show notes for a link where you can send me your ideas and questions. You'll also find links to learn more about me and my work. Thanks again for being here, and I look forward to seeing you next time.